Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the voice cast. We're here taking a look at your favorite anime characters and seeing which voice actor played them the best, the worst, and the weirdest. I'm your host Justin and with me always is Will. Howdy Pokemon fans, this is this is the Vocal Violence crew back with another Pokemon episode. And today we'll be covering the many voices of the Pokédex. Also known as Dexter. Because that's clever. That really is clever. Are there any Pokédex entries that you remember specifically? There are a lot, and I don't remember them. The only one that comes off the top of my head is the Spoink one, where, you know, the bouncing causes its heart to pump, I think, and if it stops jumping, it dies. I can tell you one of my favorites, though, that I can remember off the top of my head. Please. The bite of the Houndoom is so fucking bad that when it bites you, you're burned for life. Jesus Christ. And you just feel nonstop burning on the spot where it bit you. Or f hit you with its flamethrower. That's like a worse version of a phantom pain. Or also the one, Pinsir likes to find metapods and kakunas and cut them open, and then drink the guts. Which you'd think with fucking big-ass sharp teeth like that, it would just chew it. The Pokemon universe is surprisingly well thought out for what it is. Also surprisingly fucking grim. I know, right? Like it's when Drifloom dies, you hear the voices of thousands of souls screaming as it deflates. That's some Junji Ito shit. It really is. When's Junji Ito gonna direct the next Pokemon movie? I mean, there are plenty of horrors in Pokemon. Like Guzzlord. But uh, no Pokedex will be, more, it will be more frightening than Guzzlord's anime voice. It's I don't just even... nothing but screaming. Oh, did you have one of those original LCD Pokedexes? No. Oh, it was so rad. I've always wanted one. I found it, like, years ago again. I'm like, oh, I love this thing. And then I just see it, and it just starts screaming at me, and the LCDs completely fade. I'm just like, well, my nostalgia's dead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I don't think you guys would have expected that we could do a whole episode on the Pokédex, but you'd be wrong. We have nine to talk about today. Starting out with, from episode one, Nick's Delate. Charmander's special attack, Rage. It gains more power the more it is attacked. It will continue to fight until its opponent falls. Who would only voice Dexter? in the voice acting community. Well, that's because he went on to do much bigger and better things, but I'll get to that in a bit. The last episode that he worked on was So Near Yet So Far-Fetched. You know, the one the one where Far-Fetched is an asshole like he always is, and then Misty Psyduck He fucking dopes him. Yeah. Not a bad start. The voice is clear and pronounced, so it's kind of vanilla. I wish that it didn't speak like this. That's kind of the balance, though, is trying to make it sound like a robot, but also still having a sort of a personality. Even though by this time, we would have... We would have... We would have Microsoft Sound, which would talk in complete sentences. Along with other cartoons in the time where robots talk like... Sure, they have the mechanical, like, twinge or twang to them, but all in all would still talk like long, normal-speaking human beings. 
Do you prefer just robots talking like people or having more of a techno thing going on? I like the hybrid of both. Yeah. Like, I love the reverberation on this, and I wish I knew how to replicate that effect. I would honestly make an entire fucking video of my favorite Pokedex entry spoken in the Dexter voice. That's a great idea. The diction is a bit of a problem for me, too, though. You don't expect a robot to abbreviate, you know? In this same voice clip, it says both it is and it's. I know that might be a bit nitpicky, but still, it's just something that I know. So I'm just like, a, a robot shouldn't talk like that. No, it would say it is. If he's going for that kind of robot. Because he's clearly going for a text-to-speech device. Kind of mechanical talk. It's not a terrible start. It doesn't offend me or anything. I don't <laughs> know, oh, a... I love it. Yeah, I love it too. It's just, looking back, the flow is... off-putting. Yeah. You know? There was this one joke that I saw on YouTube where it's scanning a Radita in episode one, and it's like, Raditas tend to steal from stupid travelers. <laughs> from stupid people. You like fucking stupid person. Like, clearly talking directly to Ash, even though it's supposed to be just a recording. Hey! Get out of there! <sighs> a forest Pokemon, Rattata. It likes cheese, nuts, fruits, and berries. Yeah, but this isn't a forest. It's an open field. It also comes out into open fields to steal food from stupid travelers. That means uh, I'm stupid? I was so amazed doing the research this week because this dude is a straight-up fitness professional. In 1998, he moved from New York to L.A. to pursue his fitness career. Been doing it all of his life. A complete and total badass. You look at any picture of him on Google, you can just see a bicep just up in front of him and the dude's stacked. Much further than we will probably ever be in our entire lives. Jeez, don't need to call me out like that. Yeah, I'm calling myself I'm out too, it. so. Yeah, but I'm working on it. I'm a fat body. You could say, you could say he was very fitting as the first Pokedex entry. He started his own fitness company called Nick Fit Pro. And, and also, even more miraculous, in 2013 and 2015, he was in a life-threatening car wreck. So Jeez. bad... That in 2017, two years later, just standing on stage would cause intolerable neck, back, knee, and spinal pain when he went on stage to speak at the Natural Mr. Olympia. Oh, shit. Then he competed eight months later. Oh, damn. He's won the over 40, over 50, novice, and open bodybuilding competition at the Natural bodybuilding association shows the nbba and on top of that his acting career is pretty steady too he's got at least two projects a year oh unfortunately i wouldn't know much of the history of this one because i've spent the past week and a half either in pain or unconscious were you in a car wreck too no but i had a wisdom tooth removed and my gum is still healing i still taste blood Oh, and geez. dental equipment. I taste blood and dental equipment. I actually healed pretty quickly. It probably took me like a day, if not half of one, for me to feel okay again. Oh, I still feel the gum growing back. Oh, jeez. That sucks. Yeah. 
these are the worst kind of transitions where it's like, I can't say speaking of sucks because I like Eric Stewart as Dexter. Dragonite, the dragon Pokemon. This extremely rare and highly intelligent type is able to fly faster than any known Pokemon. Now see, while I love Nick's deletes, I do also like Eric Stewart's because, well, well we, we've covered Eric Stewart's. That's Brock and Kaiba and Meta Knight. Yeah, and he's basically a perfect human being. But um, Eric Stewart has a very, if matter-of-the-fact kind of delivery that I like. Like the way that he pronounces things is make it sound like Dexter is smarter than you. Yeah, the pitch is also raised, so he sounds more like a nerd. This is probably, most likely, where the namesake Dexter comes from. Because when you think of a nerd, you think of someone like Dexter. You think Dexter's Lab, or... Stupid! Just, just something like that. He started right after Stellate in episode 50, the episode Who Gets to Keep Togepi? And... By complete happenstance, and by complete luck on 4Kids' part, this episode, Ash gets a Pokedex upgrade. So 4Kids took the advantage to add into the dub, just Professor Oak saying, by the way, it also has a new voice. Which was a very good ass cover. I know, right? For trying to talk about a Pokemon from one generation too soon. Very great timing. Granted, this episode, there's some really funny irony where the point of the upgrade was now you have more updated information on Pokemon around the world. It's like, awesome. And the first thing that Eric Stewart does for the Togepi is Togepi, the egg Pokemon. We have no information on this Pokemon yet. <laughs> he kind of starts with a delayed impression, but soon the pitch up happens and he talks like Kaiba. Yeah, talks like Kaiba, and it's the voice that I hear in my head forever. Same. Speaking of a voice that's in my head, in Advanced Generation, which is the Hoenn League, we would have Rachel Lillis. Trico, the wood gecko Pokemon. Trico are able to climb smooth vertical walls and use their thick tail to attack opponents. Since Trico built their nests in large trees, it is said that those trees will live a very long life. Who would voice Misty in Pokemon Chronicles? We've talked about her on the show. Yeah. And is the voice of Jesse. It's refreshing to have people picking up roles, but also still staying to a series, because Misty was in the first two, but she wasn't in Advanced Generation. And actually, from then on, she wouldn't be in a Pokemon episode, other than the occasional guest appearance. So Rachel Lillis would still stick with Pokemon and continue her continuity. It's still Jesse, but it's good to see, like, for example, Eric Stewart taking over for Nick's Delete. Richard Rachel Lillis taking over for Eric Stewart. And it just makes me happy knowing that despite Misty not being a part of Hoenn, she's still there. She's still a part of the group. And it's just refreshing to have a female voice for the Pokedex. Although... Why would you call it now? Dexter. Is that a real name? D-E-X-T-A. I guess. But, unfortunately, 
the audio mixing for her Pokedex entries is a little bad. Then again, the audio and background music for Advanced Generation overall was kind of sucky. Like, they focus less on a reverb, but she still feels like she recorded her lines through a cardboard tube. Yeah, she's, she sounds kind of flat, honestly. Which, I think that's what they were going for? Question mark? That is the problem I think that voice actors would probably have, is how much emotion do you put into something that should not have emotion? I mean, I don't know, how would you do a robot? I mean, I recently, well, I wouldn't say recently, for um, Seb's the Hedgehog 3, plugging my, my usual contractor, he actually had me do the voice of the Omni device from the Sonic the Hedgehog comics. And when I, I did the robot impression that he was looking for, for the evil one, no, he, he, he still wanted a more natural progressive. How robots should be talking is they should be talking in a monotone. If they are a base model or some sort of evil, they should be talking in one tone of voice at all times as a means of maintaining that intimidating and unwavering feel of a program that is just following the prime directive. See, I'm not entirely flatlining my voice, but I am maintaining what emotional range that I do have as a means of conveying the point in a serious matter. Or you could just do... Hi, how are you? You, 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 you. <laughs> like a stutter? Kind of the C-3PO, like the faulty, the, the friendly robot that's kind of faulty, e, 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 faulty. I'm surprised there wasn't more comedy put out of the Pokedex, like the stupid Travelers thing. Because Ash does, even to this day, I still think he gets clowned by Pokemon. I remember this one episode where Ash and Gary were together in Oak's lab, and and Oak was saying, "Well, Ash, you've you've seen more Pokemon than Gary, but you use your Pokedex a lot more, which is fair." He, Ash, kind of has the problem of what's that? Blah 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 blah. blah. You know, for every single one, I understand it's for the sake of the audience, but. I know people have joked about Ash being stupid in terms of that. And then I tell people, remember, he's 10, and he didn't go to trainer school. There were two fucking instances in the first three iterations. One, where they go to that fucking Pokemon Academy. No, actually, no, 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 there's more than one. Because there's the one where they go to the Pokemon Academy, and they do, like, like Misty, well, I choose both. Well, if he's going to choose Starmie, I'm going to choose Vi I'm going to choose uh, Weeping Bell because I'm strong against and then her Weeping Bell gets destroyed in the simulation. You have that fucking matter of a fat kid's like, "Actually, you don't know what you're talking about because I wouldn't expect someone to go to trainer school." Cuz yes, while Weeping Bell does have the type advantage, Starmie is a fully evolved Pokémon and has more stats and does more physical damage. Yeah, I think I remember that one. Where the kid was having, like, fucking love problems. He was trying to confess to an upper-class student. Something like that. And then there was another one where, in order to get get this badge, they had to compete in, like, What is this orb? It's a Pokeball! No! And then some fucking <laughs> random it's schmuck. It's a Jigglypuff from on top, from up top. I Correct! Know. It's a Jigglypuff from up top! No, it's no like, one... what the fuck? It's the, it was the most loaded fucking quiz of all time. It was like a trainer competency quiz. 
but it's just the most unfair shit. And it's like, okay, we're going to confiscate your Pokemon. We're going to give you a new Pokemon to work with. Ash, you get a Raichu. The Raichu's fucking scared of everything. Hmm, it seems to be scared of everything. It must be the trainer's lack of confidence. Ash staring at him like, he just came like this. What is, what is it? Oh, I know, it's a Starmie. No, it's a sheriff's badge, you dumb shit. You fucking retard. You absolute ignoramus. Go sit in the corner. That's all I Oh, right. There was also that dude obsessed with getting me out because he talks, right? Yeah, he was going to try and spend as much money on it. It's like, no. Like, no. Oh, that's the, Tom, that's the Tom Snap episode. Todd Snap. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm remembering this now. That's also the episode where we find out that James is actually a Pokemon genius. It's just that the questions are loaded to make people feel stupid. Oh, absolutely. And moving on, we have a very stupid decision to move from 4Kids to the Pokemon International Company. Where Bill Rogers, the voice of Brock, would take over the voice of Misty for the Pokedex entry. Blaze again, the Blaze Pokemon. When it beats a powerful enemy, fire burns around its arms and legs. Its powerful legs are strong enough to leap over buildings. I didn't realize this last week, but holy Fuck, this is a, such a cluster. This whole change is so confusing. So it's like... Now I understand. Because episode one of Battle Frontier, I saw it and I immediately got nostalgia whiplash of just like... This thing that I was trying to repress of... Oh, fuck, that's right. I remember being so confused of this episode. Fear Factor phony, where it's, it's like... All their voices are different. It's a weird one-off episode. So it's like... It's really awkward. The season starts on on just an extra whatever the fuck episode. <laughs> in order I get it. It's order to justify the change of the company in the voice cast. But the thing is, Rachel Lillis was still a voice actor with the Pokemon Company International. So she could have reprised her role as the Pokédex, but they gave it to Bill Rogers instead, despite Rachel Lillis still being the voice of Jesse. Yeah, just out of Michelle Knotts. Rachel Lewis was replaced by Michelle Knotts. It's it's a whole weird, like, a year of no four kids actors whatsoever. It doesn't make sense. But, yeah, you're right. Right in the middle of this, it starts on this weird episode. The next episode happens, Sweet Baby James, and all of a sudden, the female Pokedex voice is now just a very high-pitched man. Which he sounds like he's shouting all of his lines! Yeah, he's trying really, really hard. You know what he sounds like? He sounds like he's excited to share his information. Not to teach you anything, but just to show how smart he is. Like, like in the other room, he overhears someone and someone just screaming through the rooms to prove that you're fucking wrong. Yeah, it's the robot version of, um, actually... Um, actually... Kind of remind me of you, Will. What? Maybe a bit. I don't know. I will sit on you and crush your spine. Then I'll come back even stronger like Stellate. I will crush you under my weight. And people will find it hot, and then they can go to hell. Because there's a special place in, there, in hell for snuff. <sighs> but yeah, no. Funny thing, by you mentioning Michelle Knotts, she would also, in Diamond and Pearl, she would be the next one in line. And 
It's not bad. I like it. It's not bad. But yeah, no. Funny thing, by you mentioning Michelle Knotts, she would also, in Diamond and Pearl, she would be the next one in line. And... It's not bad. I like it. It's not bad. Clappa, the star-shaped Pokemon. It has the silhouette of a star in the night sky. And some believe that Clappa ride on shooting stars. It's very girl excited to share information. A, a little bit of an improvement on, Mich on Rachel Lillis. Yeah, it's a lot less flat, and it's a lot less pretentious than Bill Rogers. But the way it peaks and valleys is kind of, really kind of annoying. I can see that. Like a shining star! Like, I understand, like, because sometimes I will raise my voice like that, and I know that annoys people. It annoys me, too. Do you want to hear about Wormpulls? Do you? Do you? I have some great facts about Wormpulls! No, like, I'm pretty sure I've shown it where I'm like, I'd be talking about, like, oh, hey, did you know? And then I would get really into it because it's fucked. Because you'd be like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, right? Yeah, I know. And then I would... <laughs> and then I'd be like, okay, I get the point. And then you would ignore me and keep talking anyway. I get it, though. You have to get everything out. I understand. Moving on to our next one. I actually think this one's my favorite. Mark Thompson in black and white. Really? Axew, the tusk Pokemon. Axew marks its territory by making scratch marks on trees with its tusks, which regrow if they fall out. It's a little bit of improvement on the Eric Stewart. I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. It's a lot cleaner to me. I mean, there are things that I like about it. It's a preference. This is for black and white. And I should also add that ever since Bill Rogers Fan Generations, every single Pokedex switches out the gender in order to keep things fresh. Yep. And I can see why you like this. It's more of an intellectual instead of a dork. Yeah. Eric Stewart's isn't like a dork. But Eric Stewart's is the kind of intellectual that's in your face about it. Mark Thompson's is uh, like a, like that guy grew up, got a little less pretentious and a little more like mature about being intellectual. I like it. Voice of Obama Snow. Voice of Samson Oak in Sun and Moon. I'm mentioning Sun and Moon a lot. Huh. Ash's Pig Knight. And, uh, Tepig. A person just named Goon. I think he's Chaz in Yu-Gi-Oh! Toraichi Tamiya from Ah uh, My Goddess. God, that series is good. He was also Axel Brody. Hamburgers. <laughs> I think it's a bit boring. Just not as interesting to me. <clears throat> Although, Diction's pretty good. I like that he finishes sentences with the voice going down. The first thing that I thought of was Gibson from Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Also, this probably doesn't correlate at all, but... Siri was made in 2011, so maybe they were trying to move away from the voice modulation. Like, Michelle Knotts has not that much. The voice modulation for Rachel Lillis gives her more identity among the female Pokedexes. Which, speaking of female Pokedexes, Susie Myers. The antenna Pokemon. Dedenne communicates long distance with other Dedenne by sending radio waves through its antenna-like whiskers. Boring. 
Well, it sounds like Michelle Knotts, but all the life has been taken out of it. Yeah. Uh, Susie Myers, voice of Chespin, uh, Nurse Joy in Sun and Moon. And uh, voice of Stormy from Wings Club. I can understand not having much of a thought about what to do with the Pokedex. But but that's what we do as as nerds who have a show like this. But also, I have to consider that, you know, four kids really put in some attention to detail there. I mean, it all just kind of worked out that way. And that's why people that's why this machine has been given a namesake, you know. But I think that things get a lot better when we hit Sun and Moon. With Rob Morrison playing the Rotom decks. Togedemaru, the roly-poly Pokemon, an electric and steel type. Its ability to generate electricity is weak, but its long needle acts as a lightning rod so it can attract lightning and store the electricity. Rob Morrison, this would be his debut in voice acting where he would play the Rotom decks, or the Rotom-possessed Pokédex. So the idea of Rotom being the Pokédex started from the game itself, which, awesome idea. I love it. Rotom is such a versatile Pokémon where it's like, it's used for anything electronic, and it's like, why not make him the Pokédex? Though, is this considered animal enslavement in some way? Uh, no, actually. Rotom's... See, Rotoms are playful poltergeists. They like to possess things to scare people, but the thing is, they usually take advantage. Most household appliances will fucking murder people. But by possessing the Pokedex, I guess he obtains ultimate knowledge and the ability to speak. And now, you know, I can also float around. Wow, this is cool! I'm no longer just a small bit of electricity. I am a physical human being that could touch myself. And I, because I possessed a fucking encyclopedia of knowledge, I could just fucking talk about shit all I want. Well, well, I don't want to hear about Rotom touching himself. I mean, if you take it that way. Look, if I, I'm just saying, if I had a fucking smartphone built into my chest, a giant-ass smartphone, which was the majority of my torso, I'd be fucking playing around with it, too. Something else I like? This is the first time in the entire anime's history that the Pokédex works the same as the game. It, it doesn't just have all the information outright. It has to take pictures of Pokémon to learn about it. And it makes analysis on a deep scanning level. And the voice is just a souped-up version of Eric Stewart, and I really like that. He, I, he is the I like the energy in it. He is the embodiment of everything I love about all of the Pokedexes so far. He sounds nerdy. He's upbeat. But also a starry-eyed adventure, because Rotom, a Pokemon that only knows how to say its name, literally possesses an encyclopedia of knowledge. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I have all this newfound information. Hey, I can talk! Yeah, and he's excited to teach you. Because it learns alongside you. It also is a good way, because... When we saw the episode of Rotom, it was supposed to be a horror-like episode where they entered the mansion and suddenly, Jesus Christ, the lawnmower's trying to fucking saw me in half! And the microwave is shooting fucking fire beams! What the fuck is this? <laughs> it, 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 it gives a nice, healthy, happy home to the Poltergeist Pokemon that are Rotom. Like, I can just... Uh, Team Rocket's world-destructing device, Rotom! 
What? Rotom! Erwin! Erwin! Oh shit, we're going to die. <laughs> but instead it gives them a form where they can interact with people, be controlled, and give them a fucking purpose. Now that's one thing I like about Sword and Shield. They really focus on encompassing Pokemon into daily life. Yeah, that that's always been really satisfying. I feel like it started at some certain point, but I can't really think of it. It started all the way in the first generation. Okay. Oh, that's another fucking uh, Pokedex pseudonym. Those that find a Farfetch'd in the wild are said to find good luck. You know why? Why? Because that's two parts of duck, of duck soup. A duck and a leek. Oh. <laughs> I'm surprised that the four kids even mentioned what leeks are. Yeah, I'm like they could have called it a fucking green onion. Or just a stick. I always thought it was just a stick. I knew it was a leek because my dad actually um uh, he didn't have anything for me to chew when I was when I was teething, so he gave me a, a leek stalk and I started chewing on it. I I do that after the dentist and my teeth are really sensitive. I just ask them to, you know, the vacuum thing, the the plastic thing that like you vacuum the water out of your mouth. Spit sucker. Yeah, I just ask for like five of those tips and I go home with them and just start chewing on them. Yeah, mentioning sword, mentioning sword and shield. Next up, we would have Billy Kamets, which is the next voice of the Rotom decks. And the last one here. Harayama, the arm thrust Pokemon, a fighting type. Harayama can send a truck flying with one of its slaps, and it loves competitions of strength. I don't get it. He would also voice the white blood cell from cells at work, Pokemon. He would he would voice Blue from Pokemon Masters. And Josuke Higashikata from George's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable. Now Fumi from Shield Hero. Oh, Gal from Promare. Shigeru Alba from Neon Genesis Evangelion. So he's not new, it's just that he had like a 2002. Let's see. The last thing he the first, the last thing he did in the turn of this in 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 the early 2000s was Neon Genesis Evangelion, the ed, end of Evangelion 2002. His next thing would be Marvel Avengers Academy in 2016. So he had a 14-year break from voice acting. Ah, oh, jeez. I mean, he's he's been doing some high-profile stuff. Like I said, Sword... Why do I keep saying Sword? Like I keep saying Shield Hero, you said Jojo Part 4. He's going to be the lead in the Ultimatsu sub-dub, which... The Ultimatsu-san dub, whenever the hell that comes out. When or if. Yeah. <laughs> Here, it's just a voice. Whatever. But I just don't get the logistics of having a Rotom on your phone. In Sun and Moon, the Pokedex itself was the vessel for Rotom. It had no power unless Rotom goes into it. But here, you have the phone that is fully like a phone in modern day, and the Rotom comes into it, and now you have a Pokedex. I'm really nitpicking here, I think, but why can't it just be an app on your phone? It doesn't even sound like a Rotom talking. It's just a guy telling you, oh, this building is this. You have a call from your mom coming home. 
Like I said, it's an incorporation of Pokemon into... I think Rotom can breed, but Rotom are probably bred for this purpose. Because everyone has a fucking Rotom phone. Are they rare? I was implied during Diamond and Pearl when you catch it in the Haunted Mansion that it was rare or, or a legendary or something. Eh. It's, it's as rare as Zapdos, Moltres, and Articuno. There are okay. many of them. It's just that they're, they're common, but they're very well hidden. It's, it's that logic of, oh, it's hidden, but it's not rare. They're all over the place. Some people just don't know when they're looking at one. There's more than one Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres? Yes. I did not know that. Yes. There are multiples of every legendary. Give or take a couple. I mean, I'm sure Arceus is he's technically a god, but yeah. Dialga and Palky are single. Okay, I actually didn't know that. The Regis are actually not rare. They're common. They're just hidden, very well hidden, because they're mass-produced golems. They're golems. They're mass-produced. But there is one Regigigas. Okay. Or Jirachis. There are more. Th Jirachis are just falling stars. Deoxys. Deoxys can self-replicate. There is one Rayquaza, though. Yeah, I mean, in the new movie that's coming out, it is going to be talking about the shiny Celebi. Celebi aren't rare either. Well, they're rare, but they're not singular. And hell, Manaphy can actually breed. Manaphy create Fione. What was the deal with that? You can only get a Fione by... This is off the top of my head. By having the egg from Mantine or something. What am I talking... You know what I'm talking about, right? You need the Manaphy that you get from from Pokemon Ranger. Because there was no physical way to get Manaphy in that generation. Well, you get the Manaphy egg, and then you breed Manaphy with the Ditto to get Fione. That is very complicated. It's because they wanted to have Incorporation. Yeah. I remember buying Pokemon Ranger at GameStop when I was much younger, and the dude, I came up to the counter and the dude had to reassure me, you know this isn't a real Pokemon game, right? I mean, it's, it's as much Pokemon as Pokemon is. It deals with Pokemon, and you do kind of capture Pokemon. It's just that you use them as a more of a utility than you do as a fucking cockfighting entrant. Yeah, but, you know, I was just like, uh, yeah, I know what it is. I've seen I've seen the cartoon. I know what it is. <laughs> Decade. Yeah, Decade. exactly. Uh, you know, it's in a real Pokemon game. Fuck you. I mean, that guy probably had mothers come to him complaining about this isn't the Pokemon game that my son wanted. Plus also the dude's the dude's was probably a teenager back then and now probably in his 30s, so it's like who cares? So overall, uh I I still, I still really like Mark Thompson. How, how would you format the way that we do? Um, I don't have a worst. No? I don't have a worst. Least liked, Bill Rogers? I don't hate it. Actually, least liked is a combination of Bill Rogers and Rachel Lillis. The weirdest is Michelle Knotts and Nick Delete. And the best is Mark Thompson and Eric Stewart. But also a real big shout out to Rob Morrison. I guess we, we can come it down to like the style of the Pokedex. 
I like the Eric Stewart style, which encompasses Mark Thompson and Rob Morrison. Okay, just kind of an intellectual. And I don't like the Rachel Lillis and Bill Rogers approach. Yeah, there's there's not much to it there. There's not there's no real character. And Susie Myers is just boring. Yeah. I don't have an opinion on it. Yeah, exactly. All that I put in my notes was snore. Snore. For me to keep my format sanity going. Um, for me, best is Rob Morrison. Worst is... You know, Myers bores me. I'm, I'm going with her. And weirdest is Mark Thompson, probably. A. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate, again, another flavor. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Please let us know down in the comments below what is your best, your worst, and your weirdest. Give us five stars, like, comment, subscribe, usual, wherever the hell you are. Please follow us on our social medias at slash the voicecast on Twitter at slash the voicecast one and follow us on your favorite podcast platforms through anchor.fm slash voicecasters. I'm Justin and this is Will and we'll see you guys next time. Ta-ta for now. Peace out.